What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast. We are going over some starts, DFS plays, sits, three upsets against the spread, my survivor pick, of course, and situations to monitor. And before we go through all of that, you know, the regular stuff, I got a question from Twitter that I thought was pretty good. I'm going to answer it right now. Are you selling or buying Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, and Kareem Hunt? And the answer to me is I'm actually buying all three. Jacobs has been up and down. He's been somewhat nicked up. I assume that they're going to start seeing that they need to involve him in the receiving game a little bit more, and his schedule's not horrible. So Jacobs right now, you can get him for cheaper than what he's worth. I still think he's a top 10 running back rest of season. You could definitely get him for a lower value than that. So I'm definitely buying Jacobs. Mixon, same thing. He's coming off injury. Giovanni Bernard, the past two or three weeks, has been really good in his stead just showing you how confident we should be in Joe Mixon once he is back. And he has a pretty favorable schedule now that he's gotten through that rough patch. And, you know, after, of course, this week versus Pittsburgh. And then Kareem Hunt, I'm buying. A lot of people are probably worried that Nick Chubb is back and Kareem Hunt is no longer going to be a great running back option. Let's not forget how good he was when Nick Chubb was healthy in the beginning of the season. He was scoring basically neck and neck with Nick Chubb. Both of them were top 12 running backs. So I love Kareem Hunt as well. He'll be a solid RB2 even when Chubb is back. So I'm buying all three because I feel like the value on all three of them is lower than it should be. And also, before we get into the Thrifty Thursday trick, guys, this is the point in the season where you need to make a decision. In keeper leagues, in... uh, Sorry, not DFS... Dynasty leagues, you need to either commit to the win or commit to the rebuild. Do not get caught in the middle. The middle is the worst place to be. Trust me, you do not ever want to be caught in the middle. So contenders, this is the time you need to be looking at those worst teams in your league. See what older guys they have on their team in dynasties or in keepers, guys that they might not be keeping. See who they got and send out some picks, you know, go in all in on this year to win this year. Grab some guys that can help you win now, even if they don't have a bright future. Rebuilders, guys, look at the contenders. Send out, you know, guys that you're either not going to keep in keeper leagues or in dynasty leagues, send out guys that are, you know, on their last legs, like Adam Thielen. He's got maybe two more good years. Julio Jones maybe got two more good years. Send out those guys to contenders and ask for some picks back. Help yourself in a rebuild. So that's something to keep in mind because it is at that point in the season where you kind of need to make that decision. You don't want to be floating around in the middle, end up with a middling pick and not a great team. Trust me, if you're not going to have a good team, you want the top end picks and get as many picks as you can, get rid of the old guys. So just wanted to tell you guys, make sure you're on top of that because now is the time. With that said, we can get into the thrifty Thursday trick. I don't really see any Titans here. Um, on this part so I'm gonna just go Michael Pittman and Jordan Wilkins either of those two guys are worth a pickup and see how they perform on Thursday versus the Titans and you know if Jonathan Taylor gets hurt or if he fumbles again or Jordan Wilkins just looks amazing or whatever the case may be if you have Wilkins 
then congratulations, you don't have to pay for him because you dropped your kicker and picked him up for free. So that's why we do this. And then Michael Pittman, if he ends up going off, T.Y. Hilton, he's banged up still. Michael Pittman could become that number one there. He could end up getting a bunch of targets. I'm not personally a Pittman fan. I would prefer just grabbing Wilkins and seeing what happens. But if you're a guy who liked Michael Pittman a lot in college and you're excited about the opportunity he has here in Indy, then go ahead and try it out with Pittman as well. With that said, we can get into the starts and the DFS plays of the week. And this first one, man, you guys are probably not going to like this first one, but I'm feeling it. I'm really feeling it. Ronald Jones versus the Panthers. A lot of times when a team does something so bad, they overcorrect themselves. They don't just make sure that they, you know, make a correction, but they overcorrect. And the Bucks set a NFL record for the least rush attempts in an NFL game with only four to the running backs, five as a total with playing Gabbert running a ball, uh, running the ball in like the fourth quarter. I really believe that after how badly we just got destroyed by the Saints, and that to me, and I was saying it during the game, being one of the clear biggest problems was that we were not running the ball. I believe they're going to come out versus the Panthers, and Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are going to combine for 30-plus carries. I were able to do so. We're going to be able to run on the Panthers. The Panthers don't have the defense to just make us have to go to the pass. The Panthers are not going to have a huge lead on the Bucks. Maybe they'll have a lead at some point in the game. That's definitely possible. But they're definitely not going to be a team that puts the Bucks into pass-heavy mode because we're trying to catch up from a negative game script. So you have a positive game script here. You have the fact that the Bucks are probably going to overcorrect their mistake and run even more than they should because... They haven't been, and that's why they've been losing the, or not doing great the past two games versus the Giants and the Saints. So I think Ronald Jones is going to have a good day versus the Panthers. Then you got Chris Conley versus the Packers. LaVisca Chenault is knocked up, and Chris Conley was the number two for Jake Luton. Now let's look at the game script. They're going to be playing the Packers. The Packers are going to be up. The Jaguars are going to have to pass the ball a lot to try and keep up with the Packers. And Chris Conley was the number two leader in targets behind DJ Shark for Jake Luton. Why not? Again, this is more of a DFS play, uh, especially a tournament play because he's going to be super cheap. I'm not saying start this guy in your regular lineups. This is a more risky side of things like Nelson Aguilar a few weeks ago when they were playing the Bucks. This is the type of guy you like in a tournament, somebody that's going to be low ownership and has a chance to be really good. He could get like eight, nine targets, and if he gets a touchdown, that's going to be a great hit for your tournament lineups. So I like Chris Conley a lot versus the Packers. Keep an eye on him. Aaron Jones versus the Jaguars. This is one that in DFS you will obviously have to spend up for, but I could see him having a 30-plus point game easily. The game script here on the other side of the ball in that same game, the Packers. Guys, they're going to be up the entire time. They're going to run the ball. Aaron Jones is going to get mad carries. He is going to burn the Jaguars' defense, and he's healthier. So the game script and his health are working in his favor. I expect Aaron Jones to have a great game versus the Jaguars. Then we have Deshaun Watson versus the Cleveland Browns. David Johnson might be out. The Browns' pass defense is super weak. They allowed the fifth most points in fantasy to wide receivers and the tenth most points in fantasy to quarterbacks. That is great news for Deshaun and the receiving core there versus the Browns, especially because the Browns, they are going to be running the ball. They're going to try and control the clock, and they're probably going to have a lead most of the game. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans win this game, which we will talk about in a little bit. But 
Deshaun Watson is going to have to carry this team, especially with David Johnson out. Duke Johnson is going to be a decent RB2 play, most likely, just because of volume, and maybe he gets some receptions. But I love Deshaun Watson versus the Browns this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a top two quarterback score, top three quarterback score this week. So I like Deshaun Watson a lot in DFS. Then we have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Either of them are great starts versus the Texans. On the other side of the ball, just like I was saying, the Browns are going to try and control the clock. They're probably going to have a lead or be right there with the Texans the whole time. So they're not going to get into this pass-happy mode where they're trying to catch up. And the Texans, they have the third most points to the running backs in fantasy. So Chubb and Hunt, they're both going to be great. Also, Odell's been out for the year. This is going to help Hunt in the receiving game. I really don't see Hunt being hurt too much by Nick Chubb coming back. Because yes, Chubb is going to take some carries away from Hunt. But that's just going to relegate Hunt to more of a receiving role. There were so many times where both Chubb and Hunt were on the field at the same time. And they have Hunt going out for receptions when they were both healthy in the beginning of the year. So especially with Odell out, I think that's definitely going to be the case. Then you have Christian Kirk versus the Bills. This game screams shootout potential. Tredavious White is probably going to be on DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I'm not saying sit DeAndre Hopkins. Of course not. He's the game's best receiver, in my opinion, and he will put up his points versus Tredavious White. But when you have a top five corner in the league on your best receiver, you're definitely going to be looking other places more often than you usually do on a regular game. So Christian Kirk, he's been great since, and I believe that it's just because of health in the beginning of the season, which carried over from last season. Since being healthy, which is about week four or five, Christian Kirk has been amazing the entire season. Granted, he has gotten like four or five touchdowns in that span, so that's kind of hard to continue. He's obviously not going to be getting a touchdown a game, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another touchdown or two touchdowns in this game versus the Bills that could, you know, hit. 60 70 total points so i really like christian kirk here i don't think that um the cardinals are going to want to run the ball much chase edmonds did not look good he had 25 attempts and only had like man i don't even remember it was like two something a clip so he was at like 70 yards total off 25 carries and Kenyon drake is still knocked up so even if he's back i don't see them wanting to run the ball much at all so christian kirk is going to be a great play versus the bills then you have on the other side of the ball, like I said, same situation. It's a shootout game right here. At least that's the way I see it. And you have John Brown versus the Cardinals. Patrick Peterson, he plays on the outside, and John Brown and Stephon Diggs play on the outside. So Patrick Peterson will probably, at different points in the game, have both of them. But the biggest thing that Patrick Peterson cannot hang with is speed. He's older. He was never like one of the fastest guys in the first place. But as he's gotten older, it's been increasingly hard for him to guard fast guys John Brown is one of the fastest in the NFL and he's been great I mean pretty much every game even with Diggs he's been much better than I would have thought with Diggs here partly because the Bills throw the ball a lot more than I thought which also was the reason they beat Seattle last week because they just threw the ball crazy even Pete Carroll said it they threw the ball way more than we expected and we didn't adjust quick enough well I expect the Cardinals and Bills both to be throwing the ball a lot here. John Brown, Christian Kirk, the wide receiver twos for those teams are going to be great plays in DFS. And I'm fine playing those guys in my regular leagues too. Then you have Jerry Judy versus the Raiders. This one is all matchup and game script. I expect the Raiders to be up early. I expect them to force the Broncos to try and catch up and throw the ball a lot, probably as soon as the first or second half opens. And Jerry Judy finally had a 14 target game and was pretty good. Hopefully, that continues. Tyler Lockett versus the Rams. Jalen Ramsey is going to be on DK, 
And I think this is going to be a perfect bounce back game for Tyler Lockett. He's had two iffy games in a row. I expect the bounce back here. Allen Robinson versus the Vikings. Juicy matchup. And David Montgomery might be out. That would just help Allen Robinson get more targets. They're going to have to pass the ball more. I doubt they're going to give the same type of carries that they gave to David Montgomery to the, you know, combination of all the random running backs that they have there. So I really like Allen Robinson versus the Vikings. Especially, I mean, we all know the Vikings have a horrible, horrible secondary. And they have allowed crazy points to the wide receivers all season. Now let's move to the other side of things with start sit, and that's the sits. DJ Moore versus the Bucks and Teddy Bridgewater versus the Bucks. There's no way the Bucks don't come out in this Panthers game pissed off. And who does that help most often? Usually the defense. And Christian McCaffrey also, by the way, is questionable at time of recording. Um, he has not practiced, or he is not practicing today, today being Wednesday. Obviously, I don't record it at 5 in the morning on Thursday when it comes out. So Wednesday at time of recording, McCaffrey is not practicing. He, you know, is kind of doubtful, but... He's tagged as questionable. I would lean more to doubtful. So Mike Davis might end up just being the running back there this week. And DJ Moore and Teddy Bridgewater, I think, are going to have a hard time versus the Bucks. Robbie Anderson's probably the only one that is a Panther that I would feel comfortable playing if McCaffrey is out. Mike Davis in a pinch if you really need a running back. But Robbie Anderson is going to get the most targets. He is the wide receiver one there, which is crazy. I cannot even believe that that is the reality we're, we are living in. But, I mean, it's 2020, so... It's not the craziest thing that's happened. But Teddy Bridgewater, DJ Moore, no thank you versus the Bucks. The Bucks, I expect this defense to come out pissed off and to just this game to, you know, be all in the Bucks' favor. I expect the Bucks to control the clock with the running backs and running the ball a lot, like I was talking earlier. That's why I really like Ronald Jones and even Leonard Fournette if you need to. But I would prefer Ronald Jones. So that's why I'm not starting those guys. Then we can move to the Lions game. JD McKissick versus the Lions. I was just telling you guys on the last podcast how good J.D. McKissick has been. And it's true, he has. And he has had 30 targets in the last four games. And that is insane, especially for a running back. But here's the thing. The Washington football team is a bad football team. And usually, they're behind. And in the one game where they were not behind, the Dallas Cowboys game, J.D. McKissick had two targets. Two targets. And that was in the stretch of 30 targets in the last four games. So that was the only bad game. That means that the other three games, he had 28 targets combined, which is a huge difference, obviously. So other, you know, aside from two, this is a game where versus the Lions, the Washington football team actually has a chance to win. Um, I wouldn't call for it. I do think the Lions are going to win the game, but it's not out of the realm of possibility, and it's definitely not a game that I think is going to get out of hand. I don't see the Lions being up a huge amount. I mean, they almost won the game last week versus the Giants, and they had five turnovers. I don't expect Alex Smith to turn the ball over that much in this game. I expect him to be better. I mean, let's not forget, this man has should definitely be comeback player of the year, by the way, but he has not played football in how long? I mean, this is his second or third game since, I don't know, three years? I mean, that's pretty insane. I expect him to just, you know, continue to get more comfortable back in the NFL. And his turnovers are going to come down. He was never a high turnover guy. Never in his career. That's part of the reason why he was such a good game manager. So I think this is going to be a close game the whole time. And that is not favorable for J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick gets the receptions and the targets. When they're in a negative game script, I don't see that playing out this week. This week. So I really like Antonio Gibson, actually. Um, but 
just because of the risk. That's why I didn't put him in my starts DFS place. I do like him, but not enough to put him in that category. But yeah, J.D. McKissick, no thank you, versus the Lions this week. Devontae Parker versus the Chargers, tough matchup. He is not the go-to guy. Now, he might be because we just got an alert about an hour before recording. Preston Williams has been placed on IR, which is, I mean, that sucks, man. The The Dolphins have been playing great. Tua has clearly built some chemistry with Preston Williams. But with him out, Devontae Parker, he might be the go-to guy, but it's a really tough matchup versus the Chargers. They don't allow many fantasy points to the wide receivers. And now with Preston Williams out, Devontae Parker is going to be their main focus. So I wouldn't be surprised if he just has a rough game, maybe like seven, eight targets and three receptions or something like that. So I'm staying away from Devontae Parker. Then you have the 49ers running backs versus the Saints. First off, if Mostert's not playing, I never want to play a 49ers running back unless they're in a clear negative game script. Then I would like to play Jerick McKinnon. But the 49ers, despite all their injuries, are not often going to be in a super negative game script. And, you know, that's that's the case versus the Saints. I'm not touching any of, like, Hasty or pre- pretty much any of the running backs. If you want to throw out McKinnon, the Saints and the Packers are two of the best teams in the NFL. So they are some of the teams that can put the 49ers in a negative game script like the Packers did. The Saints might do so. I think this game's going to be closer than people think. And... You know, I mean, just how bad of a loss that, that Kyle Shanahan just had versus the Packers. You don't really see stuff like that happen back-to-back. I think this is probably going to be within 10 points the whole time, which means that they're not going to be having to throw like crazy. And I don't think it's going to be great for McKinnon. He might have like a decent 10 to 14-point game. But I'm not starting Hasty or any of the running backs there, especially in non-PPR. Then you have Joe Burrow versus the Steelers. It's a super tough matchup. I expect Joe Burrow to be good down the stretch in fantasy, but this week versus the Steelers is super tough, and I'm not wanting to start Joe Burrow at all. I don't think I really have to go into detail on that one. We know how good the Steelers' defense is. Everyone in the Baltimore-New England game, I am sitting. I'm not playing Marquise Brown. I never was. Not playing Mark Andrews. Obviously, I can't say I never was because he's a tight end. There's not been many good tight ends, but I'm sitting him if I can. Uh, if you have like a Hayden Hurst, if you have a Noah Fant, if you have a, uh, I don't know, you know, just those guys, Hunter Henry, any of those like middling tight ends, middling tight end ones or back end tight end ones. I'm playing them all over Mark Andrews this week. Mark Andrews is like fringe tight end one, two for me this week. So he's in like that 10 to 14 range. And then the running backs, no thank you. I'm not starting any of the running backs in Baltimore, especially if Ingram is back. It's going to be super tough to know who's going to get the carries, who's going to get the red zone touches with Ingram back. It was Edwards when it was between Edwards and Dobbins, and that's why Edwards was doing better in fantasy, even though Dobbins was way more efficient. And then on the New England side of the ball, Baltimore has a great defense. I don't want to start Cam Newton. I don't want to start um, Jacoby Myers. I mean, he's he's not going to be a horrible start if Edelman and Harry are still out. He'll be okay. But it's definitely not somebody I'm excited about. And then same thing with the running backs. Not excited about them. Burkhead's been getting touches. James White is back. And Damian Harris uh, actually got hurt too. I don't know what the status is there yet. We need an update on Damian Harris. But I'm not starting anybody in this game except for Lamar Jackson. And I'm not happy about it. I mean, Lamar Jackson has already not been a top eight quarterback so far through this season. This is a tough matchup. I mean, the, the Patriots defense is not nearly what it was last year. But this is a game that, to me, that screams hitting the under in Vegas. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be ugly. No thank you. 
Now let's talk about three upsets against the spread. It's a new uh, segment that I just started. And so I'm basically pulling three teams in the NFL that are currently favored to lose. So three underdogs in Vegas. And um, I'm taking the three that I think are most likely to outright win. So not to cover their line, but to just outright win the game. So usually I'm finding lines that are closer because, I mean, if somebody's favored by 13 and a half, for example, the Packers versus the Jaguars, obviously I don't think the Jaguars are going to win that game. That's why it's favored that way. So most of the time, you're going to find teams that are pretty much only dogs by like one and a half points, three points. And that's the case this week. But with that said, my three upsets against the spread, Texans versus the Browns. The Browns are favored by three right now. I would not be surprised if Deshaun Watson comes out and is firing to Cooks and Fuller. The Browns can't cover them and is able to pull out this win. I really could see the Texans beating the Browns. And if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to put some money on that line that the Browns don't cover by three, I think that's that's pretty good bet. Then you have the Seahawks versus the Rams. The Rams right now are favored by 1.5 because of the Seahawks' past couple games that were pretty bad. But the Rams' offense, you guys have heard me talk about it all season. It's not nearly the Rams' offense we once knew and loved with Sean McVay. They are not looking good pretty much, I mean, any week, in my opinion. And so the Seahawks defense, yeah, I mean, that's their biggest weakness. And so look at what Josh Allen just did against the Seahawks. That's fine. The Rams are going to have a good day versus the Seahawks. But the Seahawks are going to have a good day versus the Rams as well. The Seahawks offense is going to continue firing. I don't expect Russell Wilson to have a bunch of turnovers like he did versus the Bills, especially in back-to-back games. It's a division game too. So the fact that you know, you're know you getting a team that I think is clearly better in the Seahawks versus the Rams as a dog in a division game, I'll definitely take that. That's probably a line that changes. And if that line does change, then I have a pivot game, which is a fourth game that we'll talk about after my last one, which is Bills versus Cardinals. I could see this game swinging anyway. Right now, the Cardinals are favored by one and a half. So since I could see this basically as a 50-50 coin flip on who wins this game, which I mean not which means I'm staying away from it in survivor pools. I would take the Bills because they're the dog, and I I think that uh, this is a very good upset possibility right here too. And then the last one, the pivot. In case Seattle, the line changes, then I need a new upset against the spread if Seattle ends up being favored. And that would be the Bears versus the Vikings. The Vikings are favored by 2.5. I do think the Vikings will win. Um, I really would have liked this game a lot more maybe two weeks ago, but the Bears are starting to look worse and worse. And with David Montgomery out, it's not going to be great. I was telling you guys, Allen Robinson is probably going to do so good because Montgomery's out. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. They're probably going to be losing to the Vikings the whole game. And with all of that information, all of those predictions carrying over, I do think the Vikings win. But looking at the rest of the games, the rest of the options that I have, I do think the Bears have a better possibility of pulling off an upset here than any of the other teams on the week. So that would be my pivot if Seattle and... Los Angeles um, has the line change. Now let's talk about my survivor pick. You guys know this is my favorite thing to talk about. I love this. Guys, we made it. We made it to the final 2.7%. We are still alive. Now, with that said, it doesn't really matter that we're still alive now. We need to win. We got to win. So who am I taking this week? I'm taking the Packers versus the Jaguars. This will be one of the first times that I'm taking a super good team. 
usually guys I have been taking you know teams that are kind of iffy like either at 500 on their records or really bad teams that I think are winning the week like that's why we took the Texans last week they were one and six but we took them in the survivor pool worked out well I've been trying to save all the good teams towards the end but this is a week that looks ugly to me there are so many so many games this week that could go either direction and it's really it really scares me I'm not gonna lie like there's not any game that I feel confident taking in other than this Packers game so I am going to use one of my good teams that's the reason I save them for weeks like this when you can't find a clear you know go-to pick for who's gonna win a game that's not a super good team you got to use a super good team so that's why we're taking the Packers or I'm taking the Packers. If you guys have been picking with me, you should take the Packers as well versus the Jaguars. I think that guarantees us the win this week. Then we will move into next week. And here's the other thing. Most people, because the Packers are a very good team, most people already took them in their survivor pool. So I don't expect to see a huge percentage on the Packers, which means that a lot of people are probably going to get eliminated this week. I mean, I can pull up so many games and, I mean, who's going to win? Texans, Browns, we could see that going either way. Uh, I think Bucks versus Panthers is safe, but it's a divisional game. You don't want to bet that. Then you have, hmm, what's another one? Uh, the Washington game, Washington versus the Lions. I was telling you guys, I could see Washington pulling that out. Um, but I don't think it's likely, but it de they definitely could. So I wouldn't feel comfortable taking the Lions. You have the Bears-Vikings. That's a tough one. There's so many just tough games Miami versus the Chargers I mean with how good Miami has been that's not an easy game at all the 49ers versus Saints uh that's doable Steelers versus Bengals is doable but I know so many people just took the Steelers last week it was 50% of the people that took them and also a divisional game I hate division games for the most part so and Baltimore New England that's a, that's an easy one but if people waste their pick on Baltimore that's fine with me so yeah I mean I think it's a tough week for people so I think we will get down to probably about two percent people remaining so I think probably you know one-fourth one-third of the people left alive will get eliminated I'm going Packers versus Jaguars and uh, hopefully we can have this segment up next week because something crazy doesn't happen in that game and the Packers pull it out now let's talk about some situations to monitor Curtis Samuel versus DJ Moore this is ridiculous the fact that I even have to say this but is Curtis Samuel going to continue to out-target DJ Moore? Is Curtis Samuel going to continue to have a similar fantasy output to DJ Moore? And does this make DJ Moore droppable in, let's say, 10-team leagues? It's tough. It's really tough. And, I mean, the fact that this is even a situation to monitor sucks, but that's where we are at at this point with the Panthers team. So that's something to monitor. Do the Bucks get back to the run? You guys know that I think the answer to this is a humongous 100% yes but definitely something to monitor if for some reason the Bucks don't get back to the run and they just come out throwing the ball I will be extremely frustrated and you guys will not hear the end of it on the recap podcast for week 10 but if they do that I would be so surprised I mean honestly I would be like flabbergasted if they did that so I'm assuming they're going to get back to the run and run it like crazy the indie backfield on Thursday in the game versus the Titans, who's getting the first touches, first of all? If Jonathan Taylor's not getting the first touches, that's super concerning. And even if he is getting the first touches, who's getting the red zone touches? Is Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins both going to be taking carries away from 
Taylor as much as they have been to this point, or is Taylor going to start getting some more? Indy coming out of their bye week last week and not like having a good day for Taylor sucks because usually after a bye week is when you can get the rookies more and more involved. And I mean, maybe they were trending that way and then he fumbled and that's what pulled the plug on that game plan. I'm not sure, but it's definitely something to monitor. Then you have Jalen Rager in his, I believe, second game back versus the Giants. That's another one, by the way. That's a super tough game to call in a survivor pool, the Giants or the uh, Eagles. Jalen Rager, how legit is he, and what's his target share going to look like? Jake Luton, who is his second favorite target? Is it Chris Conley, or was that just a fluke? It was only one game, small sample size, so it might not be true. It might not be Conley, but it would make sense because Luton has been the backup quarterback, and Conley has been behind DJ Chark and behind LaVisca Chanel and behind Keelan Cole all season on the depth chart, which means he's practicing with Luton more than he is with Minshew. And Luton is practicing with him more than he is with Chark, LaVisca, Keelan Cole. So it would make sense. And Chris Conley is really not far off in terms of talent from those guys other than Chark. So I would not be surprised if that really is his second favorite target. So that's something to keep an eye on. Then how is Kareem Hunt with Chubb back? You guys know I think he's going to be fine, but something to look at. Kenyon Drake, is he back? And if he is, what's the workload going to be like between him and Edmonds? Where does Tua Tagovailoa go with Preston Williams out? Who is his? I mean, I'm sure it's going to be Devontae Parker for the most part, but who's going to be his go-to guys? And I really liked Isaiah Ford, and then they traded him to the Patriots, which I didn't really, honestly, I didn't really understand that. I thought Isaiah Ford was really going to be the type of player that Tua liked, but I guess not. They just traded him away for like a six-round pick. So who is he going to go to? I mean, there's not that many great options, especially with Alan Hearns since he opted out. Albert Wilson opted out on this season. Auden Tate versus A.J. Green. Who gets more targets? Who's on the field more? Auden Tate got involved and looked really good. And, you know, thank goodness for it because I've been saying Auden Tate is going to be that their wide receiver three next year and for the, for the foreseeable future. And he's a great, great wide receiver. He really is. He's perfect. He's a fill-in for A.J. Green. He's a 50-50 ball guy. He's big. He's athletic. Fights for yards. I mean, he's really just a beautiful wide receiver three for that team. And I think there's a chance that he becomes the wide receiver three this year and doesn't have to wait for A.J. Green to be gone. Also, will Auden Tate be taking any snaps at tight end? I believe he took some snaps at tight end last week. So that's interesting to monitor. And if so... That's really interesting because, I mean, that they're just finding ways to get him on the field. So that's even better for his dynasty outlook. And lastly, last thing I want to monitor is the Rams running backs coming out of the bye. Cam Akers had nine touches in the game right before the bye week. Is he going to have more touches all of a sudden coming out of the bye week? That's going to be something super interesting. And with that said, that pretty much wraps it up. I just want to talk about... Um, Guys, there's this group of people that I just really, really appreciate. They have supported me for a really long time. Just wanted to talk about them real quick. And, um, you know, I just wanted to say thank you. Shout out to that group of people. And in case you're wondering who that group of people is, it's Soldier Boy Atelum. Yes, sir. Deep Dive Atelum. Thank you guys for all the support. I really appreciate it. And, um, 
you know, it, you guys pushed me to get this new mic. You guys pushed me to screw around with the soundboard, which you guys have been hearing um, this today and a lot on the last podcast. And um, yeah, thank you guys for all your support. Drop a rating, drop a review. I That helps me out even more than you guys already listening and supporting me. Wish you guys luck this week. Wish your NFL teams luck, unless you're a Panthers fan. Peace.